Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. This is a rare interview because we're interviewing a company and we're already a customer. (laughs) And which means we pay them on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, whatever we pay. And we're going to have to ballyhoo who they are because we're believers. And I don't want you, the diehard, to feel like, oh, this is a sales pitch. No, this is information about how you can become a better salesperson and how you can make it easier for your customer to reach out and have a painless, timeless way to get a hold of you and meet with you in a literally a millisecond. Mm-hmm. So we're joined by two of the Calendly's amazing women, Kate and Amy. And I don't want to say Kate's last name because uh, I, I can say it for you. Arling. How do you say it? Allering, like all the rings, Allering. 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 Awesome. And Amy Clark. Yeah, Much and- easier. Thank you for having an easy last name, Amy. <laughs> no problem. And I'm just here as a silent participant, just so you know. Got you. I'm just well, like- but if you have something to say, you're more than allowed to say it. Okay. So, no. Kate, how did you get involved with Calendly? Prior to Calendly, I've been at Calendly for about a year now. Prior to Calendly, I spent you know, the better part of two decades in tech and tech sales and taking on a bunch of individual contributor roles and management roles. For just exactly prior to Calendly, I was with a company called Glassdoor. Many of you might know Glassdoor.com. And I was with Glassdoor for about eight years prior to Calendly. Wow. One of my favorite people at Glassdoor is named Annie Pearl. And Annie Pearl was our chief product officer at Glassdoor and went on to be chief product officer at Calendly and introduced me to Tope, the CEO and founder of Calendly. And the rest is somewhat history, uh, at least as it relates to the last year, year and a half. Is there wow. a vice president of whiners at Glassdoor? Because it seems like a lot of people that leave messages there are whining about one thing or another. You know, it, Glassdoor is an interesting topic because if you look at the data in aggregate, about 70% of the reviews are positively sentimented. So like 70% of the time, somebody is like neutral to positive. But the ones that stick out is just, wow. you know, psychology are, also, are always the negative ones. That's wow. really interesting, actually. I would have thought it was the reverse. I would have thought 70% were negative. Yeah. I mean, across millions and millions and millions of reviews at Glassdoor, if you go and you just look, and of course they have ML to look at the sentiment of these things. If you just look, most people are like pretty satisfied with their job. And there's always something that you pick on or, you know, it couldn't see, I'll use a trivial example of like, oh, the the snacks could use improvement and the snacks stink or whatever. But most of the time, what people are commenting on is like neutral to positive. It's the stinging ones that you remember. And in the early days, we would send them around. They're like, oh, this is a real doozy. And those just from a psychology standpoint, always stick with us much longer than the, you know, the neutral ones. Yeah. So tell me about how you approach a sale at Calendly. How do you, you know, somebody calls up and they go, well, I don't really know if I want to do this or not. Why should I? What do you tell them? Well, here's the the fun part about being a product-led growth company, which Calendly is, or one of the canonical product-led growth companies is most of the time that call isn't a call. Most of the time it's a user who's used the product already. 
And so they go to the website, they're able to use Calendly for free. There's a whole bunch that you can do for free inside the product. And so most of the time, the calls that my team get are, how do I get my entire team onto this product? How do I get my entire company onto the product? And they're to some extent already sold on the value to them as an individual. So, you know, like all good sales process, we want to ask good questions, make sure we're a good fit, and then we can actually help that customer. But most of the time we have this very, you know, the great advantage of them having already used the product. So, so just one more question. So basically people call you up and they say, how can I get involved? And you say, can I please have your credit card number and that pesky expiration date and we'll get you rolling? <laughs> is that your clothes? So, it sounds easier than it actually is. But the process that you just described most of the time actually happens via our self-serve channels. So oh, someone doesn't call us up. Someone just hits the website and says, I'm interested in trying this out. And you can get started for free without putting your credit card in. And then, you know, if you want to use some of the uh, the paid features that would add value to, to your experience, then you can. Cool. I was really excited when I saw that you were coming on the podcast because I have been a pro Calendly, pro scheduling tool person for years. And Jeffrey and I are not only married, but we work in the business together. And it's been one of our bigger debates over the course of a decade. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? Like it, it literally, he's like, no. And I'm like, yes. And I think now we've kind of met in the middle on it. But for a long time, we've had this big debate on keeping someone around to do the scheduling manually because it has a different feel perhaps. And my inclination is, well, actually it's just easier. Like I'd rather someone give me their link because I'd rather click the link and schedule it. And, and Jeffrey, you've come around, haven't you? Well, the reason I've come around is that I can now schedule an appointment with somebody without having to screw around with anything or anyone. Mm-hmm. I look at my calendar, I look at their calendar, I click 11 o'clock on Tuesday, and I'm done. Yeah. Uh, literally, I'm done. Uh-huh. So the simplicity of it overtook the rudeness of it. Yeah, yeah, I totally get like, that. Don't ask. Now, like, I want the sales guy, like, set your own appointment. What are you telling me to go to your little thing for it, you lazy bastard? <laughs> I want. I want you to, I want you. And that's how I perceived it at the very beginning. But now I think it's actually more of an ease of communication tool that mm-hmm. absolutely tells the other guy it's 11 o'clock. He's not going to forget. I'm not going to forget because it's on my calendar. I can just click a link, put it on my Google calendar, and I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is my my take. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I didn't use it. I wasn't a Calendly user until about two years ago. And I had a really good friend of mine who was like a fervent... Calendly user, like to book catch-up calls on the weekend, I had to use her Calendly. <laughs> Very annoying. But she was like, I booked my whole life through this thing. Like you have to use it. If you want to, if you want to see how I'm doing, you want to talk at two o'clock on Sunday and catch up, here's my Calendly link. And I found it very obnoxious. However, once I began using it myself, uh, you know, I took right. six weeks long between Glassdoor and Calendly and I began to use it as part of my own recruitment process and meeting with recruiters and, and companies. And I was like, you know, you just can't argue with the value that this unlocks in terms of time. But what I would say in the context of your example, Jeffrey, around like the lazy sales guy, this actually is more about customer experience than it is the salesperson's experience. I agree. The the customer is this today to operate in this, um, in in a way that is more digital than it has been in the past. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I unofficially I'm an OSF. With that title, that gives me the I'm an old sales fucker. And that gives me the Neither of us knew what that was. Oh. I knew what, I knew what the first letter stood for and I was right, but you, you know, I couldn't guess the next two. <laughs> but you know, it wasn't my way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But I adopt and adapt technology pretty well. You know, we're, I'm a CRM guy. I'm a Zoom guy. I've probably done 2,500 Zoom meetings. Yeah. So you can't, it's not like I'm not familiar with it. The only thing I'm not familiar with are people that use PCs because I'm a Mac guy. Right. And with Mac, it requires no thinking whatsoever. You click a link, you tell it to do and it does it. You probably weren't all with a Mac guy, I'm guessing. Did you start with a PC in transition? You made the switch to a Mac? No. I, no. In 1984, I bought a Mac. Okay. All right. Early well, never, that gives you some I, I used a Sony Vio for about a year, and mm-hmm. it now sits, it's now a paperweight, <laughs> which is perfect for that. Is it in the background somewhere? Is that, is that paper it doesn't do anything else. Yeah, it's in the background somewhere. <laughs> Okay, so we've established how cool Calendly is. Kate, I was looking at your LinkedIn earlier and saw how you grew Glassdoor tremendously. I mean, grew up from less than a $10 million company to being sold at $1.2 billion. So that's amazing. What would you say contributed most to that growth? Yeah. I mean, gosh, so many things, but the, the thing that will sound trite, but that comes up honestly, just as a gut reaction to that question is we built a really amazing team. And so, you know, like when you talk about the right talent being in the right place at the right time, I think those things all came together for us at Glassdoor. But when I think of, I could list a million things that will get wrong and, or that we got wrong and probably wouldn't do that publicly, but there were a lot of things that we screwed up, you know, trial and error and eventually got right. But the thing that we kind of nailed from the beginning was people. And mm-hmm. I think we started at the top with our CEO and co-founders, you know, and they hired in their image more wonderful people. And the team there we had was really incredible. Are you friends with all those people? Do you still communicate with them? I keep in touch with a lot of them. Yeah, I've actually hired quite a few of them too. We have a, a bunch of former Glassdoor folks over at Calendly, along with you know, the core Calendly team, which is also a great and terrific environment to be operating in. But there, you know, I have some of my very good friends that were built in that experience. And, you know, there's a certain place in time that everybody has in their career where you're kind of all in that same phase of life. You're on the same hard but exciting career journey and you can't replicate that. Those are, you know, moments that you always look back on and are really, really special with a, with a special group of people. That's cool. That's totally cool. Did you grow up with a specific set of sales skills that you used? Did you have sales mentor people that guided you along the way? Yeah, you know, I I did. And their names were mom and dad. So both of my parents were in sales. My dad was in insurance sales for his entire career, worked at a whole bunch of different large insurance companies. And my mom was in telecom sales. So worked for all the big telecos over the course of a very long and successful, predominantly federal sales career. So a lot of our, you know, dinner conversation revolved around deals and, you know, pipeline and signatures they were waiting to get and internal collaboration they were trying to coordinate. So I I did just like grow up in a Petri dish of sales, whether I liked it or not. So a lot of this has just been commonplace for me for years and years. I, I've told the story before, but one of, my, one of my favorite stories about my mom is if you think, you know, back, gosh, this is 30, 30 plus years ago now. 
I sat and watched like, you know, nighttime TV or was doing my homework or whatever. And my mom would be going through on the phone, on the real telephone wired to a wall, her voicemails from the day in the same way that we now like kind of clean out our inbox. She was clearing out her voicemail box and was replying to voicemails and gosh, talk about inefficient and how far we've come. But that is like a very clear memory of mine is listening to my mom very professionally respond to a lot of voicemails at night as a part of her sales career. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, both of them. On Thursday night, I used to sneak down and watch, listen, jump around on the internet. You're you're good, Jeffrey. You're good. My internet is unstable. I want to hear this story though. Okay. So I used to sit. I used to sneak down on Thursday night. I I would listen to my dad play pinochle with three other business owners, Mm -hmm. and they would talk about what happened in their business that day who bounced the check, who made a big sale, how did they handle this employee, who got fired, who got hired. And that was, I got an MBA listening to other guys play cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never saw me. I was always sneaking down the steps and leaning up against the wall where they couldn't see me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's such a, it's such a privilege, privilege and advantage to have had exposure to these things at a young age and not everybody does. And yeah, I can listen. I can remember hearing my dad talk about how people were responding to the comp plans. You know, that's like not a conversation yeah. that a lot of people have at the dinner table. That's so that true. I would also have to say the language was colorful. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> I can imagine. Fluent Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's an experience in and of itself, even if they hadn't been talking business, you know, just three Philadelphia fellas playing, you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so looking at your task now with Calendly, what does that look like trying to sell software? You talked about a little bit at the beginning that it's somewhat easier because people are getting these free trials, but I would assume your salespeople have big quotas. And what's the strategy to, to go after the market? Yeah, a lot of what we think about is where can we help? And so Calendly helps you use um, schedule, prepare, and follow up for external meetings. So that external word in that phrase is really important. And people that do the most external meetings obviously are in sales, in customer success, in customer support. And then the other use case that is most predominant for us is recruiting. You know, very obvious recruiters are salespeople too. And so as we look at the market and we say, where can Calendly unlock a bunch of value inside an organization? It's really in those functions. And Mm -hmm. and companies that have a lot of those people in those functions. So if you think about tech as an example, a lot of salespeople exist in tech. We would think about assigning those accounts to salespeople. Now, here's here's kind of the fun thing that I've learned being inside Calendly. You would assume, okay, well, inside the typical company, let's say a high growth tech company, which everybody would love to be partnered with. There might be a few hundred people that are using Calendly, either the free version or the, you know, the the introductory paid version of that. And so that's cool. And as a salesperson, geez, wouldn't you all hope that, you know, had a couple hundred people inside an account using your product already? That's a major, major advantage. But what we found is most of the time they're very happy users, but most of the time those users aren't the buyers of enterprise technology. And so there is kind of this gap that needs to be crossed in terms of a chasm in the organization where you have to go and sell the value of driving more revenue, of improving conversion rates, of helping them hit their hiring plan, you know, whatever the situation is to someone at the right altitude in the organization who's got the influence over a budget and is able to make that decision. 
but the lead is already there. You have the lead. <laughs> and you're talking to somebody who's good, like, hey, your people are already used to this. Mm -hmm. What's the holdup? Right. Yeah. Well, you, yes, exactly. That's a lot of the conversation is here's how people are using this. Here's the value that one person might be getting, you know, and then you multiply that value across hundreds of people. Right. But there's also a bunch of, this is nerdy Calendly stuff, but there's a bunch of reasons to deploy the enterprise package that aren't included in the individual user package. You know, there's enterprise security, there's enterprise administration, there's the ability to unlock events across large groups of people, not just a single user. And so that's a lot of the conversation that we have with that more enterprise buyer, as opposed to just the value of one person. And let's go outside that box for a second. Can I also schedule service calls through Calendly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. A copier, a copier company, need, you know, go to my Calendly. I'll be there. You know, I'll show you my open times and I'll be there. Yeah, we have a lot of businesses that will do that and you can book right from, you know, a web page. So a lot of our customers will stand up uh, a couple simple questions through their lead routing program and allow you to book directly. And whether that's an inbound lead or a service call, one of our great customers, Asana, uses, you know, this exact example uses Calendly to book their concierge program. So if you have a question about how to use Asana, you can come and book via Calendly and speak to an expert all without having to talk to someone about scheduling or going back and forth via email. So a lot of customers are using it in a lot of different ways outside of just the core sales use case. It seems like it saves the back and forth. Yeah, our data, and I always kind of laugh at this because our data says that it's anywhere between seven and eight emails to book a typical meeting. And we've kind of probably all had that experience, but it does sound extreme. But I think as reasonable people, we can all we can say it usually takes a few for two busy people or groups of people to get yep. together and Calendly solves, you know, a, a lot of that back and forth. So I'm interested in terms of we have a lot of salespeople who listen who sell tech. Uh -huh. What would you say to them that they should be thinking about this year? Gosh, it's an interesting year. You know, we live in uncertain times economically. And I, I got in front of my team this week and I said, look, we have a lot of reasons to believe that we'll be successful. And I think this would apply to all tech sales folks this year. You have, Hopefully you have a great product that you're selling. Hopefully you're trying to get better at your job. Hopefully you're talking about business value with your customers more than ever because everything's going to be incredibly scrutinized. But assuming that you do all those things well and you have reasons to believe, we still have a lot of uncertainty. We all live in a, you know, in a world with major economic events happening, world events happening, things that we can't control. And so it's kind of this both and that we have to manage. But I am just of the belief that if you control the little things on a daily basis, if you come in and do what you believe needs to make you successful on a day in and day out basis, that most of the time that's going to lead you to a successful place. So, you know, like the big trends that everybody's talking about, of course, are the increasing digitization of this entire process and how we think about that. But I think generally we're going to have to get really, really good at talking about the impact that our products have and the outcomes that we drive, because there's going to be more people asking more questions about these proposals and more of them are going to hit the CFO's desk. And so if you don't have the skills to navigate that conversation, probably not going to be putting yourself in a position to win in 2023. Could no AI navigate that conversation? I don't know. I The use of things like chat GBT, I think that's maybe where you're going, and um, artificial intelligence. I think there's great use cases for that in a lot of the go-to-market, particularly in marketing and particularly in outbound selling. But when you're really talking about enterprise sales and getting to a CFO or an executive buyer and talking about a business case, I think we're still pretty far off from having that be a personal and really specific conversation oh, yeah. that um, resonates with that I, buyer. I, I agree 1000%.
but your use of Calendly in an uncertain market is there's plenty of people that are employment services that they yeah. can go to and, and book an appointment with somebody online. Yeah. What you should do is go to the government and have them put Calendly in the unemployment office so yeah. people can actually book an appointment if they lose their job. Yes. I, I think there are lots of examples where people are trying to get appointments or talk to folks in an easier way than exists today. And certainly that might be one. The, the government space is one that we haven't gone deep on yet. As you might imagine, they're not always on the, you know, the front end of the technology curve. Correct. But I welcome the discussion. You know, I, I think that one day that will be a really relevant conversation to have. I would also think it's a great tool for a salesperson trying to make an appointment with a decision maker. For sure. Yeah. And we have a, a lot of our customers, you know, use Calendly too. So it gets really, really easy to book appointments when you're both Calendly users because you can see both sides of the calendar. will very easily highlight what the available times are, even when it's two different organizations. So yeah, I think there's the use case for that. For a salesperson, look, it's going to save you time. It's going to make your life easier. But really what, you know, my team thinks about and wakes up in the morning to do is to unlock that value across an entire organization. Yeah. So, you know, driving, improving, no, top line and conversion and all of that. Let's talk yeah. about that because from a salesperson's perspective, it can be difficult. So mm -hmm. if I am the salesperson and I'm calling on Jeffrey and Jeffrey is a user in his organization, I still have to get to the decision maker, yeah. right? And that decision maker may be against scheduling tools, may not see the value, may not understand it. So how are your salespeople breaking through? What what kinds of things are they doing to actually get to the real decision maker? Yeah. I mean, it's very similar to what the rest of the world is doing and what's traditionally kind of referred to as top down selling. Uh, we're doing all of the outbound work. We're doing all of the lead gen and lead nurturing work that the same, you know, the same as yeah. any sales organization might be doing. We do have the great advantage of data and being able to leverage that data in the course of that that experience for customers and when we're prospecting, as an example, if we find the right decision maker, and let's say that's a VP of revenue operations inside a tech company, we know that we can go and we can say, hey, 63 salespeople in your organization today are leveraging Calendly. And that's an advantage to us, as opposed to, you know, some similar customer receives value from our product in a way that could be relevant for you. I think it's more relevant when we can say, actually, your, your employees and your teammates are already receiving value from Calendly. Let's make sure this is a secure experience, one that you can administrate, and then potentially even leveling up the feature set so that you can unlock more value and drive more revenue. So that's, but it's not like this wonderful different sales process, right? Like we're still doing tops down outbound prospecting and, and demand generation into those buyers. So the question I would ask a potential Calendly customer is Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones or Ms. Jones or X Jones. How much money does it cost you to set an appointment? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a big question. And then you have the stats that says if you're calling someone on the phone or sending emails back and forth, it costs you X. If you use Calendly, it costs you X minus C. Mm -hmm. And which would you which would you rather have? Yeah. Oh, and oh, by the way, the people who use Calendly to set appointments, 74% of them show up more than if yeah. you set an appointment by phone. Yeah, that's more what we're, the story that we're hoping to tell is actually the, the value our customers see in driving revenue versus time savings. Time savings is 
table stakes today, but you know, the operate, the environment we're operating in is, you know, you have to be able to prove that you're going to have an impact to top line for a revenue leader or a rev ops leader. So yes, it's about improving your no-show rate. It's about improving your conversion rate of inbound leads. It's about improving retention through a better customer experience. And we think the Calendly really hits all points of the sales process and can impact all of those metrics. So it is all of those things, you know, fortunately for us. But you're, the, the biggest problem with making an appointment is the guy didn't show up. Yeah. It's a, it's I made an appointment, the guy didn't show. And when you can show that the guy did show up more likely mm-hmm. using Calendly, I think you have a strategic, if not a, a profitable sales advantage. For sure. Yeah. Because, and, there's, um, and you know this because you've set, you know, probably thousands and thousands of appointments in your time as a seller. You have to send reminders. You have to give them reasons to show up. Tell them what, what you're going to talk about, what the right. value is. And a lot of that can be automated via our tool. And so, again, when you think about this deployed across hundreds or thousands of salespeople, it drives a lot of incremental value in, in people showing up for meetings, which improves conversion rates, of course, which drives top line. Especially to a salesperson who's counting on that person to show up. Yeah. And just, you know, sweating it out on the first couple minutes of that Zoom waiting for them to join. Yes, absolutely. At the end of the month. <laughs> At the end of the month. Right. But by that point, they've received... A number of automated workflows that tell them exactly what they're going to talk about, what the reason to show up, a reminder of what time it is. Here's the Zoom again, and all that can be automated again across an entire sales org. You know, definitely, definitely increases. So if I get Calendly, can I set reminders to people and send out like a series of emails that says Friday at 11, Friday at 11, Friday at 11, and Mm -hmm. I'm sending them out on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Yeah, a bunch of that all can be built through our workflows. Yeah, and, and integrate into your existing system so it all works together, but yes. So yeah, I'll tell I'm, you just... one of the ways we're using Calendly right now. So this is actually pretty cool from a sales standpoint. So we've, we have a lot of people reach out about being a guest on the show and we've opened up some sponsorship opportunities. And so we emailed a lot of people who have reached out that we think would be good potential sponsors and told them about the opportunity. If they reply, yes, they're interested. Then I reply back with, great, here's my calendar. So you can book a time to speak with me and talk about the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then they book the time directly with me. It's seamless. Jeffrey, they get email reminders. They can even set it up. If they give their phone number, they can get text reminders about our upcoming meeting. And people have had to change their meeting and reschedule and they just click the reschedule link because it's right there in the calendar. They don't have to say, hey, Jen, I need to reschedule. Let me go back and forth 600 times to find a new date or whatever. They just literally click reschedule and it moves the whole appointment. And 100% of the people who have booked this call with me have shown up. That's pretty high rate. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than that, I don't think. <laughs> you know, that, that's part of, this is such a universal problem. Everybody has experienced the frustration of the back and forth. Everybody, everybody in sales has experienced frustration of a no-show. And so when you have this experience that is just materially better, and this was my revelation in joining Calendly, it's just materially better. And you can go use that time for something else. Or maybe you just don't work as much. You know, if you're in the case that you are, Jen, like that time back goes somewhere else. Oh yeah. And this is part of what, you know, definitely made me fall in love with the product and say, this is a really good place to, to spend time. 
Do you so think if someone, that, oh, oh, sorry, Jim. Do you think you that go. the slogan of Calendly should be no more back and forth? <laughs> we have a brand new CMO who started this week, so perhaps I'll suggest it. It's it's a decent idea. <laughs> what Can are you, some best practices? I think you know we were getting into them a few minutes ago at the follow up, but are there other best practices when booking a meeting? that maybe tech can automate or, or maybe not, but that all salespeople should be doing when it comes to scheduling their meetings? Well, I, I mentioned a few of them. Certainly, if you're a Calendly user, setting up the workflows that you referenced, Jen, whether it's a text or an email, and you can customize the content that is sent out before or after your meeting. And so, you know, just taking a little time up front to set up those workflows or the templates that you want to send. I think as a person that attends these sales meetings, definitely want to know the agenda up front. Or, you know, why we're getting on the phone, what we hope to achieve, and any pre-read materials, all of that, again, can be automated via Calendly. But that is what I would say as a, a person who wants to have a good and efficient meeting, all of those things yeah. said with a reminder 24 hours before and potentially an hour before, too. You know, you can figure out and experiment with what the right cadence of reminders is to drive your, to drive your show rates. I'd say, and then generally speaking, you do the same for follow-up. So you can have all the same templated follow-up and try to personalize that as much as possible. I think the best practice is ensuring that you have the end in mind made very clear to the person that is attending your meeting in whatever in whatever materials or over whatever medium you want, whether that's a text or an email, decks. But that person should know exactly the value that they're getting out of it versus, hey, I'm showing up to just talk to a salesperson. I think that's going to be less and less interesting for people over time. Don't use just when you're talking about salespeople. <laughs> I, talking to some just, salespeople. just was emphasizing a conversation, Okay. not the salesperson having the conversation. The just was, I, I don't want to just have a conversation. I want to have a conversation that drives unique value for me and shows me right, something. Exactly. I want a positive outcome. I want a positive outcome. Tell me something that I don't know. But think about this um, from a sales standpoint. How many salespeople actually put that agenda in their meeting, calendar in their calendar meeting? I, very I few. That all of the salespeople at Calendly do. <laughs> it's automated. Oh, yeah, of course. But I, I think a lot of time the agenda is very generic. And what, as a seller in the sales profession, I think we could all benefit from a more personalized approach and potentially some personalized data to the extent that that's available to you. So again, to go back to the simple example of, hey, 63 people in sales are using this and they've booked X number of meetings over the last you know, month and a half. And you know, on average, they're using the product six times a week. Like, that's interesting. I didn't know that before the meeting. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be a revelation for me, but it sure is better than you know, just showing up and being shown a product very generically. So I think the more that we as, a, as professionals in sales can personalize the approach and use data with executives, you know, I think the more effective meetings we'll have. I have yeah. a podcast appointment on Friday. Someone has asked me to be on their show. Yeah. It's a Calendly deal. <laughs> I got an, a text from the guy this morning. I'm like, how the hell did this guy get my text? And it's like, oh, shit. It's in my Calendly. Put it in. <laughs> right, exactly. And he said, I'm reminding you of the meeting. I'm sending you the questions we're going to ask you by email. And I'm confirming the fact that you'll be there at 11.15. I mean, how do you say no to that? Yeah. Guys, like, right on the ball. And I, it was actually pretty well done. I mean, the kid did a great job. We've turned Jeffrey. We've turned him. This is amazing. He's still acting surprised, but it's good. We are, we're, it's progress. I, I went so, from F you to hell yeah. 
So, okay, let's take you one step further. So we've booked the meeting. We have our agenda. We have all those best practices. You mentioned automated Mm follow-up. I had a little, ooh, that feels, I I don't don't know yet on this, right? Because if I get an automated follow-up, the same follow-up that I know someone who's trying to sell me is is sending to everyone else, I'm not really going to feel special. So how can you save time with your follow-up, but also, and make sure to follow up, but also do it in a way that makes the potential buyer feel like they should still move forward. Yeah. I, um, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't dictate that it had to be automated. I think you have the option to automate and depending on the type of product you're selling and how many of these meetings you're doing every day, you know, that kind of dictates not, but I would say, Again, as a person that attends these meetings, because my role is kind of flipped from like running the meetings to attending, be on the other side a lot, which is fun. As a person that attends these meetings, the follow-up is potentially the most important part because you oh, tend yeah. to know actually what you oh, talk yeah. about, right? Mm-hmm. So putting very specifically the takeaways, any key actions and what the next step is so that two weeks from now, when I can't remember what we talked about, I can pull up that email and be like, oh yeah, like the key insight from this meeting was this, the problem that we're solving is that. And they were going to go off and talk to two other people and come back to me with, you know, whatever. Here's the next step. So is that automated or not? You know, I I think it's situational, but the power of a follow-up is really immense in the sales process. Correct. Progressing. Yeah. I'm against the automated follow-up because they sound plastic. Mm -hmm. But with video being the new audio, you can actually, if you have the person, used to be if someone gave you their phone number, they gave you their office number. Mm -hmm. Almost no one has an office number anymore. Nope. It's almost all, it's all mobile. Yeah. So if I'm finished an appointment with somebody, I'll click my video option and send the guy a little video of, hey, this is a really good meeting. Let's do more of this. Uh, here's what I need to do. This is what I promised you. And now I got a video on this guy's phone that he is compelled to watch mm-hmm. because in an email, you can skip down to whatever or ignore it. You cannot ignore a video. Yes, yes. Yeah, and there there are so many great tools to use that allow you to watch that video in you know, 2x speed, et cetera, which is how I you know listen to all my podcasts and do all my videos that allow for that experience to be really good, but also brief and efficient. So I'm, I'm here for it. And I, there's a whole bunch of integrations, again, that would allow for all of that in a, a bunch of tools that Calma included. So this is really a nice meeting. I was expecting to be more combative but instead (laughs) what i I would say on i think your initial reaction jeffrey is probably what a lot of people had a few years ago of you know i don't want to find time on your calendar like why are we doing this this is like some sort of power play situation and now you know as it as it happens with many products the efficiency and the beauty of a product wins the day but what i would say in a a best practice, if you were feeling uncomfortable about sending your Calendly link to someone and asking them to book some time, is to also offer the option to continue to book in the traditional way. Like, hey, look, if it's easier, it's more convenient for you. Here's my Calendly. And I can tell you that Tuesday and Wednesday looks good. Or if you prefer, I can, you know, you can shoot me some times and we can do that. And I think most of the time, if you just give that, like, if you prefer this, you know, really outdated, slower, much less efficient way, then okay, fine. Yeah. If you want to be an archaic jerk, I'll give you some times. Otherwise, <laughs> click this link and, we'll, and we can hang. 
Yeah. So um, in this campaign we just did, yeah. I offered them both because that's been our company standard. Mm-hmm. I get the cal. I get to put Calendly in there, and we offer a human being who is standing by to help book the time if that's what they prefer because yeah. that's the Jeffrey standard and and it's like the combination, right? I would say at this point, 20 people have booked a meeting with me. Guess how many people so far have reached out and said, no, no, I, I would prefer to book it through email versus using Calendly. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Because who wants Zero. to do it? I, I, mean, I think at the point where someone sends me times, I groan, you know, like, like a lot of, a lot of the external meetings I do are um, with executives who have administrative assistants who are wonderful and rule the world as far as I'm concerned. But, but they can the, do so much more with that time back. Right. And I send my Calendly to their AE or uh, their admin and they book on Calendly and far prefer yeah. it. So, uh, but I totally, I totally get it. I just have this experience myself and I know that they don't come back and, the times they use. Yeah. Them. And what I like point. also is it shows you when you're free based on their schedule. So if you're trying to book on, so if someone's trying to book on my calendar, they can see on the sidebar, these are the times you're free. It's yeah. like. Yeah, it, it, right, it would be easier. But I think how you position it, because not everyone has read the gospel that clearly Jeffrey now has and understands <laughs> Calendly. Right. But Jeffrey is I, fully converted to the Calendly user. Uh, and but I think how you position it is really important still, particularly with people who you're trying to do business with. Like just give them the option. And you know, as you said, most of the time they'll use the they'll pick the right choice. We're, yeah. We're proving how much we love it. We're kissing your butt. I know. <laughs> We're putting this into a context so, where you can't lose. Die hard. If, if you're paying you every month. I I am very, very grateful for. We should become affiliates at this point. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I don't build the product. We have really smart people that do that. And I'm very, very proud of them. So I just have the good fortune of receiving, receiving the praise that we're getting today, which is awesome and appreciated. Die hard. If you are not yet signed up for a free account on Calendly, I'm yes. going to invite you right now to go to yeah. Calendly.com and yeah. check it out. See if it's a good fit for you. See if it makes your scheduling easier. And I can tell you, it is the the specific software that we use here at our offices. And even Jeffrey now uses it too. And and diehard. If you're, being, if you're being trained by a moron who's telling you to find the pain, Jen will put her link to her Calendly and you can book an appointment to get real sales training. Look at that. Look at that. I'm just saying. This is, this just is saying. how uh, this is how co-marketing works, folks. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so have you been to the real zoo in San Diego? Very uh, recently. Yeah, over the holiday break. We Isn't I it have classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great there. You know, we, it was a busy day, so we, we didn't get up close and personal um, with most of the kind of the big animals. But that zoo is wonderful. It's an awesome place. As an adult, I thought it was wonderful. So the kids really enjoyed it, too. There's nothing like having a monkey jump up on your car. Nothing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I found I'm very enamored with just kind of like the big cats because it's just, you know, when you see a tiger yeah. up close, just kind of like it is yeah. mesmerizing. But yeah, it's we're about a half an hour away from the zoo where we live. So it's, it's, cool. uh, it's not for us. People, don't, people do not know the wild animal park. They think the yeah. San Diego zoo is like the place. It is not. The wild animal park is the place. So, yeah, we've been to both and I would agree. I think they're both great, but the wild animal park is a, 
uh, more hands-on experience for the kids and more room to roam and, but they have lions and tigers and giraffes and all the things there too. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, all right, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. And we'll, we'll have everyone check morning. out. Our people Challenge. will call your people to book. <laughs> remember, just remember to book uh, Jen for sales training using Calendly. I think that's uh, how we leave this. Yeah, boom. It's oh, a pleasure, yeah. Kate. It's, it's a pleasure nice to, to talk to you. Yes. Very yeah, nice to meet you. Right. I, I appreciate all of the, the Calendly props and the praise. <laughs> As I said, you know, I, I don't build it. I just get the advantage of being out and talking about it. And it's an awesome position as a revenue leader to have people love your product. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All it's right. great meeting you both. I wish you yeah, all the nice, Thank you. Nice you to so talk much. to you too. Take care of yourself. Happy New Year and stay healthy. Same to you. Same to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to Gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.